Hello and welcome to a very special edition of the Comics Pals. The gang's all here, but we have a visitor. We have a guest. Some might say from beyond. <laughs> from the land of Marvel 616. Uh, from the land across the pond, writer of... We only find them when they're dead. Writer of Guardians of the Galaxy. Writer of Immortal Hulk. Venom. Ant-Man. Al Ewing is joining us today. Thank you, Al, for being a part of this. Hello. Uh, glad to be here. Absolutely. Uh, it, it's It's been a while since the last time we got to chat. You have done... You have done some remarkable work since then, my friend. And I am so excited to dive into it. Um, and there were a lot of people excited for us to have you back on board now. Uh, so hopefully, uh, we do get some listener questions. This is live. So if you guys have questions for Al, save them for the end. Um, and we'll, we'll get into that. Um, I do want to let you guys know really fast how you can find the show and support it. We are at the comics pals all over social media. Uh, that includes Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, all that good stuff. So find us over there. Uh, Twitch and YouTube live at 10.15 a.m. every single Saturday. So come watch us. Then Thursdays at 6 p.m. for Pals Pulls. That's the Comics Pals weekly show where we review comics. Uh, and then Patreon.com slash the Comics Pals, where for as little as $3 a month, you can support your pals. And you get some exclusive content and fun stuff from us. I want to shout out the people who chose to support us and get a superhero or supervillain nickname. So without further ado, thank you to Thunderstruck, Rebecca Alejandro, the Night Stalker, Harris Najinsky, Brian Demolisher Del Pozo, Random Rocio, Kefis the Incorruptible, The Great Destroyer, Hyper Viper 89, Momentum, Mike Elliott, Starcross, Catherine Stars, and the Ultimate Fighter, Snake of Talents. Thank you all so, so much. Okay. Enough about that. <laughs> You've gotten that down, Pat. You've got that fast. Thanks. I try. Uh, all right. So, Al, I want to start sort of where we left off the last time that we chatted because um, Immortal Hulk was, I want to say it was a, maybe about the halfway point. Um, and obviously, at this point in your career, you've done quite a bit since then. But I, I was hoping you could just, you know, sort of talk to us about your your reflection of um you know what you were able to accomplish with that run because last time you were here you talked about how it was something that you weren't even sure how much time you would have and so you baked in endpoints hmm. throughout if you needed them you went from that to one of the most celebrated marvel runs of all time um so yeah thank you for it and what are your sort of reflections on that I mean, it was it was um, it was a lot. The going going from that, from starting off with because um, you know you 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 go you pitch and you think even even something like the Hulk, which you know is an A list character. Let's face it. Um, you go in with a thought in your mind. That's like, okay, well, I better have a plan for if I only get like 10 issues or 12 issues or 18 issues, uh, which 
you know, was at that time was like the length of a a decent run on something. It felt like, you know, 18 issues was like, yeah, you know, you, you probably, you probably get that on a hot run. Um, there came a point where it became very obvious that we had as long as we wanted. Mm. And that was like, um, at which point, you know, I kind of put down the, the 50 issue thing. Uh, yeah, and that um, it was it was kind of astonishing to like have that much support for it. Um, it really sort of shows like how I don't know how how kind of like um, word of mouth can really it can really make a book. Uh, people kind of people turning out for a book can really allow you to sort of do take some big swings, take some big um, big chances, um, do some interesting stuff. Because around that halfway point, um, was it, did I speak to you before or after issue 25 came out? I want to say it was after. Because that was, that was the big one. Um, I, I did meet Joan Garcia in, in Spain recently and you know, it's good to see him again. Um, but like that was that was kind of where we started taking some big swings and looking at some sort of I don't know, I was I was wanting to kind of deal with some some big topics. Um so that's that's when it, it really started getting into I guess some of the stuff I'm doing with independence at the minute, the more kind of High-level cosmic stuff, mm. as well as you know, kind of like, yeah, just just trying to kind of do, really do that that one below all story sort of justice, but also kind of, I don't know, just just tell the story I wanted to tell. It's kind of, it's it's a bittersweet memory because it's like. There was a lot of there was a lot of unpleasantness involved with that run as well as as the good stuff. Mm. So it was kind of like I'm sort of looking at the future a bit now. I'm like looking towards you know because I want to I want to sort of do that again. I want to kind of like take another swing in a project that big and that important. Um, and you know use what I've learned to kind of really and I mean in some ways sort of we only find them when they're dead was like it's like a project examining these big themes, these these big religious themes, but also like um it's it's very much, you know what to do with sort of the total freedom that because, you know, when, when you're working for Marvel, you're in the Marvel Universe, you have, like, restrictions, and those are good restrictions. You know, it's like, it's nice to sort of, but it's also nice to work entirely outside the box, which is what, which is what we only find in this. I, so, yeah, I guess, I guess a lot of, a lot of mixed feelings. You know, I'm obviously very, very happy that people liked the book as much as they did. Um, 
I'm like extremely, I'm extremely grateful to everyone who picked it up, to everyone who, who stuck with it, everyone who said good things about it. Um, that's all great. At the same time, there were there were parts of it that were very painful, and so you know those those I don't I don't look back at so fun. Yeah, yeah. Kelly, you go. Uh, on uh, you're saying uh, you're looking to do a new project. Do you think you would try to shoot for as long as Immortal Hulk would was, or I I definitely would you try shoot to do it shorter. No, yeah, no, okay. I, I definitely I definitely shoot for that far. I feel like um, you're always going into things like keeping an eye on what what the sales are doing, what editorial thinking like um what the kind of you plan for emergency exits if it comes to it mm -hmm. and i kind of feel like with the um with the big two um there is that how do i how do i put this on a live show <laughs> there is there is that thing of like that kind of it's a big machine it's a big machine of moving parts and stuff swaps in and stuff swaps out and the sort of new way of things is that stuff swaps in and swaps out a little quicker than it used to yeah. um so you've got to be prepared for that you can't i, I feel like gone are the days when you can uh, go in and go like, I'm just going to get started. I'm just going to be on this book forever. That was, we've sort of, we, we have legends of those times of like, you know, the Claremont run on X-Men, the Peter David yeah. run on Hop. These are people who kind of came onto books that were like, not the big books of the line at the time. I don't think so. Um, I, I could be wrong. I think that's a history. I could be getting it wrong. But they came onto these books and, you know, they, they just had carte blanche to do whatever they wanted. Um, and there, there was more of a leniency in terms of like, um, and I guess part of, part of that is, you know, losing, losing the new stats, which I, mm. I think the, maybe, maybe the answer that, that way of life, but also at the time, you know, not that many, there weren't so many people who kind of wanted to, you know, write the Hulk. So Peter David had like this, this long, long run. Um, yeah, it's, it's, you've got a plan for the, the emergency exit, but if you get to that stage that we got to, where like, um, you have that runway where you've got that thing um, and you get into this zone where you can plan your ending. I feel like it's, it's nice to still have a round number. Um, it sort of keeps you tight. Mm. Um, I don't know. I mean, the, the next time I might, I might want to go longer. If, if I get in that position again, I might want to go longer than 50. Um, but 50 is a nice round number. Yeah. Um, and you know, it'd be nice to kind of, it'd be nice to do that again. 
whether whether I get the chance to do that at Marvel or at another, you know, superior company or whether I end up doing that kind of thing in my own sandbox with my own stuff, you know, we shall see. Um, but I'd definitely like to do a run that was that long again. The fact uh, that you were able to get uh, 50 issues out of the Hulk uh, in the time that we have now is wild, honestly. Uh, it was, I, I mean, we could have gone on. And I mean, issue issue fifty was like eighty pages long, so it's technically fifty four. <laughs> yeah. But like, um, or fifty three. But like, we could have gone longer. And I mean, there was at one point we were having discussion, or I was having discussions with Will that were like uh, Will Moss, the editor. Um, and it was like, so we're definitely stopping at fifty. With the unplugged thing being, do you want to do another ten? Do you want to, you know? <laughs> Are you done? Is are you gonna have set up to know what to say? And I mean it's I think to be honest it ended it ended, you know all uh behind the scenes problems aside. Yeah. Um it ended I think when it needed to end. Um, I we maybe could have gone on for another ten issues, but it's like it, it would have gone a little flabby, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I think it, it is cool you got to cut, you, you kind of got to you know explore uh, Betty Ross like further on in Defenders, so you kind of got to spin out one of the characters from it. Um, in Defenders, yeah, we being, got, we, yeah, we did have that opportunity. I mean, one of the one of the things of being successful in the big two is that you're going to get spin-offs. You're yeah. going to get spin-offs. It's going to happen. You're going to bud like a tree. Um, so we had uh, we had the regular one-shots which were great. Loads of people did great work on that. I got to work with um, Alex Pagnadol on one of those that turned out absolutely amazing. Um, and also, there was the Gammafly series, which was yep. a great opportunity to work with wrestling at. Um, and, you know, uh, the, yeah, the, and Defenders was kind of, it was almost the spin-off, it almost was a spin-off of, of that outlook. It was sort of, um, there was a there was a point where I think we were thinking about calling it Mortal Defenders, but like it wasn't connected enough but it was um yeah there, there were a lot of there were a lot of spin-offs and they were all kind of opportunities to sort of work with people i wanted to work with so so that was that was great and then defenders kind of turned into its own thing because me and javier we hadn't worked together since royals um no there was there was that brief he did a couple of like sequences on on health, but uh, mostly we hadn't worked together since Royals on that full issue. And it was great just letting him kind of run wild. We, we sort of experimented with like how how Marvel, how Marvel method I could get and still, yeah. you know, A, be pulling my weight and B, kind of what was like the ideal because there was, there was 
a couple of those issues where I kind of laid out the pages, but I didn't give any dialogue or anything. I was just like, here's what happens. Sure. You know, and then Dr. Strange says, I, I didn't give him any dialogue. It was like, then Dr. Strange makes this point, and like, uh, so I was wondering about this. And that was where, that was like issue four, which I think is like one of the best of that. It's one of the best comics we've ever done because I then I went back and did all of, all of the dialogue yeah. over the top of it and but heavy was like yeah I'm feeling too you know I'd rather have dialogue to kind of instead of like a panel structure like a dialogue structure yeah um and that's that's what we did for this later series in that I'll kind of I don't give him panels. I don't give him like um, on all the other scripts. I do like page one, you know, five panels, page one, six panels, and that's like, you know, the artist is free to kind of break panels up or run them together or or do whatever they want to do. But it's like it's to keep it straight in my own head. This was much more of a kind of screenplay format because I didn't I didn't want like Javier to be constrained, you know, even slightly. So I I sort of wrote it kind of as a screenplay, you know. Here's what happens on this page, and here's like as exact as I can make it in terms of the dialogue. They say because it's like usually there's the plot, or you know the the script that goes to the artist. The art comes back, and then you kind of tinker with the dialogue a little bit for the letterer. So you know you don't have to make changes after lettering is done, which is a a cardinal sin. It's a terrible sin to do that to a letter. You know, you should never do it. Um, and, you know, it happens. Stuff stuff slips through. You know, you, you look at something post-lettering and it's like, oh, that word needs to be involved. This balloon needs to come off the action. You know, little little tweaks, little changes. But there should be as few of those as is humanly possible. And I don't know. There's been times when, like, You, you can't make substantial changes to the dialogue once the lettering's been done because that is a huge ton of extra work for the letter. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, there's, there's been times, there's always, there's always times, you know, when, like, everything, everything catches on fire and you end up having to do some major surgery. But, like... Uh, Generally speaking, so, and it's kind of the same because Javier lays out those defenders pages according to the dialogue, as it is in like that that first thing. So I've got to make sure before it goes to him that it's dialogue I'm I'm very happy with. And then usually, you know, because he'll he'll sort of place he'll place the balloons as he does the thing. And sometimes, I don't know, sometimes we have, like, a disagreement on, like, where a balloon should go. Or I'll I'll think of something and, like, oh, I'm going to put a couple of extra words in this one. But, yeah, generally, generally that's the way that's the way we work at the moment. Sorry, I went on a long rambling thing there that no, I think was completely unconnected to the question. It's, it's a that's trip okay. I, we're, we're finding. <laughs> 
That's totally fine. Um, I I did want to want to talk about where you've where you've been since Immortal Hulk because you've charted some really interesting water, and the first thing I want to talk about is actually something that you almost not not teased when you came on here last, but you you mentioned how you were a big fan of what Jonathan Hickman was doing with the X-Men at the time. Um, and you talked about how it had you excited the way you were excited about like uh, Grant Morrison's new X-Men at the time and stuff like that. And now yeah. you've, you've actually been, you know, in that sand uh, for a little while now you, you did sword and then now X-Men red, yeah. which has been so, so awesome. Um, Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that um, you know Marvel tried to freshen up the X stuff with Hickman kind of bowing out, and X Men Red has been one of the true standouts for me of this era, in part because of the characters that you get to focus on and play with, and I think Storm, uh, of, of several characters have benefited, but I think Storm really, really didn't get the, in my opinion the focus um, that she deserves throughout this. There's so many characters, so many people to focus on, but X-Men red has become a home for storm. And I really think you've, you've, you've done some awesome things with her and Magneto. Um, there's so many different characters you've touched on. So what has it been like for you to be working in, in the X-Men world now that, you know, you were a fan of what was happening and now you're there. And what's the, what's the process like of being at, you know, among the X desk uh, creators, I mean, there's there's a kind of communal like Slack that we're all in. Um, Legendary, yeah, and that is generally that's a great time. That's a really good process to kind of to be amongst that many writers because um, because writing and and comic writing it's it's quite a solitary process. And that you're kind of on your own. It's it's just you, you and the editor. I generally, it's very rare that I'll even take a phone call. I'll sort of everything, everything that's done is sort of on email. Uh, whereas I don't know if people are sort of on Slack, but it's like it's it's basically like a kind of Discord type experience, but a little more, um, I guess, a little more officey. Um, but it's it's that thing where like we're all kind of you know there. We all have the place open during our working days. We're all sort of um, shooting questions at each other, you know, asking each other about about bits and pieces. We're kind of, I mean, so so there's a real there's a real community spirit. There's a real kind of communal feel to it, um, and you know, as more people come in. We kind of try to sort of, you know, make make them feel welcome. It's 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 changed, I guess, a little since, um, you know, obviously Jonathan having taken a step back. He also, you know, bad out of the slack. I think we were, I think we were hoping to, um, you know, that he'd stick around and <laughs> he'd stay at the party, but he's got other things to do. Um, so, you know, it's like the, the face has changed, the, 
but it's it is a really fun it's a fun work environment which is like it's weird to think how rare that is in comics but like in the days in these days when comic writing is kind of being you know in your office or your workspace um on your own fielding emails uh and you know the, the freelancer lifestyle it's good to have something that's kind of close to i guess what they were selling the bullpen of all that it's kind of like it's it's got that sort of bullpen energy to it um but i mean i think I think it's, you know, especially because we, we can't really have X rooms anymore. I was at the, I was at the last couple of X rooms, which are like, and when I say X room, I mean physically all of us in a room. Um, so, and that's a very, that's a very different experience. Being, being like in a natural writer's room is kind of, and like, I, I feel like, Slack's done a good job of kind of keeping us coherent, keeping us kind of um, yeah, it's 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 a good it's a good workplace. And I mean and in terms of the books, um, I'm I'm really happy with how it's going. I kind of feel like there was an expectation. When Jonathan um, left us, that the whole thing would suddenly explode. But like the thing is, there was all of the planning that say Jerry had done. You know, still applies. Um, Jonathan knew he was going for a while. He was like, um, so he was able to kind of. Things like uh, Kieran's book. Um, I know. I know Kieran had, you know, many many conversations with him, and so it's like there is still that continuity there. Um, it's still kind of we're still the same ex office. Um, he was able to sort of build a runway so that you could at least work within the, a framework, I guess. Well, this is the thing. People talk about like. You know the Hickman grand plan, the grand plan of Jonathan Hickman, and how he wasn't able to complete it. He was able to complete it because Jonathan Hickman's grand plan was it wasn't the it was the people. It was building a a new way of working and writing comics, and like you know, every everything else is just like. When I start, when I start a new series, um, I mean, when I started Hulk, I, uh, if you go back and read, which if I have anything to do with it, you will never do. But if you go back and read <laughs> the pitch for that Hulk book, every single thing in it, I go back on. I have a thing that where like, um, I think, I think I make a big point of like, Hulk's not going to kill anybody. Issue eight, we uh, we stepped on that one. Um, I had a thing of like, oh, we're not going to do Hulk speak. Um, yeah, no, we're going to bring back Hulk speak. Oh, we're going to have him. Um, there was there was a whole bunch of stuff, and it's like every every comic that anybody writes, 
you go in, especially if it's a long form thing, especially if it's a big project, you go in thinking you know roughly where the end is. Maybe you get to something that if you squint looks a little like that end you pictured. Um, which I think on Hulk we did. You know, we were always going to end it with like Hulk confronts God. Um, but, you know, there's other things where it's just suddenly, I mean, like, you know, to, to start with, I didn't know we were going to have an issue 50. You know, I came up with that ending late. Like, I came up with that ending in, like, around the, around right in the 20s. Um, so it was like, and it's, it's the same, you know, you have, you have this plan on a whiteboard and then, you know, when it, there's this idea in, in the minds of the readership, but it's, it's written on, you know, granite brought down from the mountain. Right. It's not, it's written on a whiteboard and you can change it at any time. And it's like, I know, I know Jonathan Hickman has a lot of whiteboards. I know he's, he's a big <laughs> fan of whiteboards. So it's like, yeah, you know, we are, we're moving to something that is, we've got plans and those plans have grown organically out of, you know, where we've been for the last three years um, as, as an ex office. And it's like, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna get to an ending that I think is when we get there. Um, mm -hmm. And in the meantime, we're gonna have a lot of fun with it. Um, I, that's I think... you know, that's like, uh, yeah, that's yeah. One of the things. Cool. I like about X-Men Red is because of uh, you, you kind of get to work with the Iraqi. Am I pronouncing that correctly? I've only read it. Yes. I, um, I, yeah, people people have different... Um, like that's that's generally the way I see yeah. it, the, uh, the Iraqi. But, like, but, but it, I know people yeah. who said the Iraqi... Um, I, it's, it's, it's a fictional place. It's, yeah. it's difficult to kind of say what the road pronunciation is. You, you kind of have a little bit of carte blanche there, though, like like you mentioned with, with Hulk, because you can kind yeah. of create a lot of these characters. So that's like a, a specific part of like that X-Men corner of the Marvel Universe that I feel is kind of almost primordial in a way. Like you can kind of really build from that, um, that I'm when, enjoying a lot with a lot of the characters you've introduced. When we made the decision, it was, I think, I, I definitely first heard the idea from Jerry, but like... Um, it's one of those ideas that we had for a long, long time. It was like it was on the it was on the menu when when I joined the X office. But like the idea of terraforming Mars and you know sending the Iraqi there um, that really got me thinking about like I made I made a list of like everything we knew about the history, all of the stuff that had been kind of confirmed on panel, you know, what we knew about their culture. Um, one of the early things I noticed was that we got a 
lot. We've heard a lot from like Iska, who was, I feel like, on a rack of like five minutes before immediately defecting. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so you know, it's okay. Is this a, is this a good source of information? And then you know, we also have it from. From Genesis, who, you know, at the time was, like, wearing the, the helm of Annihilation. And it's like we're hearing a lot about this large number of people from a small number of people who kind of maybe can't. And that got me thinking about, like, um, okay, how do I, you know, how do I, how do I write a book about this culture? Um, you know, what does it look like? What do they look like? How are we? And there was, yeah, and, and a lot of it was kind of like wanting to get to a, wanting to, wanting to get to a place where these weren't just, I guess, orcs. Um, yeah. Which is a very it's it's a very a very current thing, but it was like there was there was a danger that like if we weren't careful, these were just going to be kind of like fantasy people, you know, that Conan would fight, and we'd so we had to be we had to be thoughtful. And if I was writing like a space book and a Mars book, then made it my job to put in the thought. So I put in a lot of thought, um, but you know, it's it's stuff like, um, okay, what's the farming situation like? What's the, uh, you know, what? And and I I had a look into um, things like um, libraries, libraries of things like storehouses of communal tools. Um, that would be kind of owned owned by the community, and like, because uh, you're not gonna just like not, re you know, if you if you borrow like a a rake, you're not gonna not return that rake. Somebody would try to kill you. Um, <laughs> it's like it, and and there was a thing. I think that was kind of like because um, I tried to I tried to sort of incorporate like. You know, as much as what had been on the page already, and like the idea of um, the idea of land ownership being a a kind of foreign concept to the Iraqi, because um, you know they 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 came from an island which was communally, you know, everybody. It's like this current thing. Everybody was there, like Akara. Um, they ended up in like a siege zone uh and it's like oh we you know one one person owns the fort it's like no it's it's everybody's kind of job to, to maintain it so you know they come back to mars and it's like yeah what what's this thing where like what's this thing that the earth people do where like somebody owns the ground that's crazy um so you know the <laughs> Sunfur goes and builds a nice house. And it's like, 
oh, this is this is your house, and he ends up killing three people. And it's like the so the idea with something like Magneto Magneto building the Autumn Palace was that it would become like a sort of HQ for the Brotherhood, but it's just this place that anybody can use. Um, you know, if you go over to that, because it's on that it's on that kind of big island continent that's sort of off away from the rest of the mainland. Um, but you know, if you if you go over there, if you have to have some business over there, yeah, you can just walk into the Autumn Palace and you know chill out. Um, so yeah, it's it's stuff like that. It's kind of um, I want to make it like different without I don't know trying try not to try not to screw it up basically um, that's what it all comes down to anyway. <laughs> one thing I really like about the the X-Men Red and Morocco stuff is like the government situation like the, the seats of power and all that mm. um, and we actually did have a yeah. question uh, on Reddit from uh, a user called wrote that 11 uh, mentioned like after the the um, fallout from Judgment Day. Um, there, there will be a couple of uh, seats probably open. Um, so, uh, w can we see a little bit of that power struggle uh, coming up? Yeah, I mean, in the immediate future, we're going to be. It's time to deal with Abigail Brown in the immediate future. Sure. Um, but we, yeah, power struggle is definitely on the menu. Um, we're going to see. Who sits in, in a couple of those, those empty seats? Um, I've got no plans to put anybody else Krakoa uh, affiliated on that. Cool. So um, I figure that means some new Iraq people we've not we've not seen before. Um, I uh, or I don't know. I, I'm debating who goes in. He goes in the slots because um, I think I, I do want to do more with Kovac not to help. Um, I like I like him, but also um, there are people who like um, I don't I don't want to fall into the thing where it's like uh, all the important people are the people you've seen. So you know he might he might stay off the he might stay off the council. Um, the Great Ring. But yeah, I think basically around we're going to be dealing with Abigail Brandt and that's going to be that's going to be keeping us a little busy. But I've got big plans for post Sins of Sinister. Um, and yeah, that is... I've got to be quite careful because generally if I just let out a spoiler... Somebody can edit that. That's not the case here. So I've got to be very, <laughs> yeah. very, got to be very, very careful. But I will say, like, um, you know, we've we've got plans to examine um, who rules Arako, uh, who should, who, yeah, we 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 we're getting get right into that. You know, Storm doesn't want to be doesn't want to be queen. Um, when she runs up against somebody who absolutely does, um, I don't think she's going to want that person to be queen either. 
there are going to be fireworks. I mean, I, I can't, I can't say any more than that. <laughs> sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you got to dance around yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Really dancing around it. But yeah, Storm, Storm's going to have a lot on her plate after and during Sins of Sinister. One of the books is, is very Storm focused. It's like, um, if I were to describe it as like, um, the three ages of Storm, then, you know, that, that's as close to, any kind of revelation I want to get, but but she's going to be in. She's going to be in it a lot. Um, and yeah, and then and then we're back to X Men Red. Uh, and because I did, because people were very worried that issue ten was going to be the last issue, and I had to, I had to reassure them. So it's it's not a spoiler that X Men Red will continue, and we're gonna we're gonna go to some places. Awesome, cool, um, awesome. So yes. So I wanna I wanna shift over to Venom because right yeah yeah Venom 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 has been off and it's it's a character that um, a lot of people love Venom obviously is super popular one of the things that I think is funny though about Venom is that the character that most people like the 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 trappings, the personality that most people associate with Venom doesn't really resemble where the character has been in the comics. For the last 10 or so years, you had like the Venom Space Knight and stuff like that, King in Black. He's definitely become more more cosmic, and the symbiotes have grown in terms of their lore and what we know about their world. Um, and you and Rom have done a tremendous job of finding a way to synthesize both the version of Venom that people expect to see and the one that has sort of been progressing over the last uh, 10 years. And I think you found a really clever way to do that by examining the actual man, you know, um, Dealing with the cosmic stuff and dealing with how the character has progressed, but in especially in, in your stories, because Rom is more dealing with the Dylan mm. aspect, especially in your stories, it's very, uh, yeah, there's cosmic stuff. And all of that is is wild. And the way you're playing with time is incredible. But you, you found a way to also hone in on the human being, Eddie Brock, the parts that are blood and sinew and skin and digging into that man. And I felt like that all kind of came to a head. And I'm sure it'll come to a head again. Yeah. But it came to a head in issue 10. Yep. Which is one of the best comics that I have read oh, wow. in a while. It it was so incredible. Um, the, the, the way you kind of play with how the series has been messing with us. And showing us these different timelines and oh which venom is this which venom is that speaking to dylan and stuff and finding out how that's all connected i didn't want to spoil it I, go read it go read it unbelievable i mean it's i'm i'm really glad that people are enjoying it i'm glad that it's um because one of my big worries was like uh you know coming out of this run which is 
very acclaimed and has like so many fans. Um, there is there is a real element of kind of standing on the shoulders of John's following up Donnie and Ryan, but like, um, so yeah, you know, we we were like a little bit worried, like, are we gonna are we gonna take the book? Are we gonna like? Is this gonna be like a crash and burn scenario? But like, you know, Rum was always a hundred percent confident, and like. You know, we we were kind of going in as like this kind of writing partnership to like to tell, I guess, to tell a story. You know, too big for like one person to to tell. But like, um, yeah, with the Eddie side of it that I kind of took over, that was sort of the seed of it because I heard I heard in the room in the writers' room back when we had such things, uh, Donnie basically telling us Harry was going to end. King Black with Eddie becoming like uh, a god and being able to put his mind into any kind of any kind of symbol in space, and it was like there are two things you can do with that, and one is like immediately negate it and go like, "Hoo just kidding, back to square one," and the other thing you can do is run with it and like take it bigger, and I I I had this idea of like. Oh, what if he can go through time as well? And like, and then you know the whole idea of like kind of this book style garden at the end of time suggests itself, and some of the things which you know you have been very gracious not to spoil, and I won't either. Some of those elements of it um, mm. that was that was all in from the beginning, and then you know, but I didn't, I didn't know how. Dylan fit in, and at the time I didn't really fancy writing. I, I, you know, I, I was like, I'll only do this if I can have a co-writer. And Devin was like, uh, "What about Ron Lee?" And I was like, "Yeah, immediately. <laughs> Whoa, yes. Now, now you have my attention." Um, it was like, "Yeah, absolutely." I, you know, crawling broke a desktop the night. Um. So yeah, and then and. Now we have, you know, Team Venom, um, and we're kind of. Yeah, I have to remember that. See, I've written up to issue. I've written up to issue seventeen, and I've written issue twenty. Hmm. For reasons that are like, um, yeah, there's and I. <laughs> Still need to write one of the issues in between that, uh, for for reasons that are basically like um, wild, wild behind the scenes comic stuff. Um, mm. But basically, and I mean the short version is to get as much Brian Hitch as possible. Sure, that's a that's a great that read. Um, but like basically, yeah. Uh, Um and and so I'm I'm like about ten issues ahead of everybody else, so I really have to, and I've got to write. Um, I've got to actually think like a year ahead of that because. Um, so yeah, it's like it's like kind of I. 
I've lost, like Eddie, I have lost all sense of time. I've lost all sense of like where the readers are at. To the extent that I was like, I put in a kind of, um, I put in a cheeky note in that Thor I, um, I co-wrote. Um, oh, yeah. Saying like, oh, yeah, as seen in Venom 17, Time Travelers. And it's like, oh, yeah, it's a note for me that's not out yet for a couple of months. And I was like, yeah, well, a couple of months, try six months. It's like, <laughs> it's it's well, and everybody was like, oh, oh, man, you know, this is, but yeah, no, I have, I have actually written that issue. Um, so that issue Venom 17, so yeah. Um, oh, and it's, it's great. Uh, if I, sorry, that's an if I say so myself thing, but it's like, I've seen the art, and you know the art is fantastic. Oh yeah, um, and that's that's after the dark web stuff. But yeah, basically the the thing with Eddie is like he really struck me as somebody who'd been for a lot. So I I guess I wrote him very much as a kind of someone who right at the beginning in Venom One was sort of biting off more than he could chew, um, and you know every every comic writer is familiar with that. Um, but like, but when it all collapsed around him, like the, the, he'd become quite an old guy. He'd sort of, Venom is one of those comic characters, that, that rare breed of comic characters that I feel like if you were to say that is a 40 year old man, you know, it would be it would be very difficult for editorials to contradict you. You can't if you say if you look at Tony Stark, you know, Robert Downey Jr. aside, you can't look at Tony Stark and say that is a forty year old man. I mean, I do it all the time, but like I'm not. You know, my editor will immediately tell me, "No, he is not." Stop <laughs> saying that. Stop saying that in public. Stop saying that Tony Stark is forty years old. How how old? I don't know if you can say this. If you can't, you can't. How old did they? Put him a nebulous, a nebulous area of time. I'd, I'd say like everybody, all of all of the main secrets in the in the Marvel universe are in this sort of nebulous zone of time, orbiting around thirty. Um, and if you speak to individual <laughs> editors, they'll put them as older or younger. That's um, nuts. There's no way Tony Stark and I are the same age. Absolutely not. Uh, <laughs> I will. I will fight any Marvel editor. I mean, he, he might because he's always drawn kind of young, and he's, you know, he's. If you look at that, I I can look at like Cafu, uh, his his version of yeah. Tony Stark, and say yeah. that is a thirty year old man. I can't look at Robert Downey Jr. and say that is a thirty year old man. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, you know, he's a he's a celebrity from Hollywood, so he looks like in his 40s. I don't know how old he is. He's late 40s? Yeah. 50? Robert Downey Jr., he's like 50. Yeah. Well, he looks good for his age, like most. I, Paul Rudd. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I In a minute, we're going to see, like, Paul Rudd retire to a private island and be replaced by his son, Paul Rudd Jr. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, you know, you could look at the Bayou Tapestry of Paul Rudd. It's like something, something is up with that guy. He does not know. Um, I, I got to go. They, they sent me, even though at that time I had nothing to do with Ant Man, they, they, they sent me a spare ticket to the Ant Man premiere in London. 
Cool. So I got within 10 feet of Paul Rudd, and I got to look right down his air canal, and he has very clean ears. That's my celebrity. That's my big Brussels celebrity. I was like 10 foot away from Paul Rudd, you know, with like a very, you know, very gentle bouncer going like, yes, if you could just like, you know, he was being interviewed by somebody. So uh, I was like, um, I, I, know, I can it only say it wasn't like things. nobody can go near Paul Rudd right. or they'll start aging in reverse. <laughs> it's like, you know, the youth energy will spill out of him. The, the only way I, was, I can explain yeah. Paul Rudd is, is vampirism, honestly. Like, that's the only way. I, <laughs> I mean, he, it, yeah. I, it's like, I am looking forward to, I am looking forward to the next time I'm movie. Um, sure. uh, We've wandered completely off track topic. Um, <laughs> no, I think I think you've guided Sean to a, a good Sorry. direction. Actually. Yeah. <laughs> I, that uh, the fact that you just said that you're excited for the new Ant Man uh, film, it it seems like the kind of thing that would be right up your alley. Have you seen the trailer at all? Oh, there's a trailer. I have not. Yeah. Um, I will. I will do cool. that right after this. It's really it really awesome. I think you're gonna love it. Cool. I mean, I, I'm. I like the Marvel movies uh, for what there are. There are movies you go to movies to. There are movies that you go to, to sort of relax and have a good time and escape, you know, for a couple of hours. And a Marvel like reliably do that. With me. You know, it's like I saw that that werewolf by night, that black movie. That was really fun. Yeah, I'm glad they're still they're still sort of doing things that are a little a little out of the ordinary, a little uh, formally strange. Because I thought after after the Wonder Vision thing, that was like the the episode that's set in the nineties mm-hmm. was almost unwatchable for me. It was like <laughs> I was just yeah. like ah, my own skeleton wanted to jump out of my body. It was like oh god, they've got nineties, they've got nineties. Sitcoms like exactly, you know, to the yep. life. Yep. It's it's too it's too on the nose. <laughs> I can't bear it. Too real. Um yeah, it was too real. But like it was, you know really kind of that that was that was really true. Yeah, I mean, you know, I also watch The Lighthouse and you know, I'm not I'm not entirely it's Marvel movies and the lighthouse. <laughs> that's it. That's it. <laughs> um, no, I'm not. I'm not. You know, I'm not a. I'm not a total philistine. I, uh, I enjoy. I enjoy cinema. I. I too worry about the creeping. Uh, the creeping mobilization of everything. But mm-hmm. like, um, you know, for for what they are, sometimes I do just need to like turn my brain off for a minute. That's not very good. Enough. Absolutely. So yeah, that's that's damning with fake praise. That sounds horrible. <laughs> Well, I, I mean, look, in the world we're living in, something that can, you know, take your mind off stuff and let you yeah. kind of have yeah. fun. I think that's I think we need that in the world. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Um, speaking of having fun, I do need to take mm-hmm. things back to uh, Venom just really quick uh, because it feels like it, it feels like there's DNA from Immortal Hulk. Mm. And maybe this is just who you are as a writer, um, but I found DNA from Immortal Hulk within Venom. Uh, 
Um, because again, for all the cool symbiote stuff, and there's a lot of it, Bedlam is awesome. Mm-hmm. I love all that stuff. There's a very deep um character analyzation and study that's happening within the pages of this book. And Dylan is like in Rom's story, Dylan is like mm-hmm. paying the price for the sins of his father. Yep. While Eddie is paying the price for his own sins. And this is an extrapolation on my part, but I felt like the sins of his father because I don't know. I I can't remember if this is text for Eddie or not, but I, I feel like he has uh issues with his father and, and, yeah. and certain uh problems there. So I saw that yeah. all playing out in issue 10. I, it just, it was masterful, heartbreaking. I've never felt so much for Eddie well, Brock before. So a far cry well, from when he was just a stalker, a, you know, mm. a, a Spider-Man villain who stalked Mary Jane. I mean, this is, this is it. He's like, when he started off, he was um, a very different and much worse person. Um, mm. But like, uh, yeah, there's, there's connecting tissue. I mean, the father, the father son stuff, the, um, That's something we both kind of, it's something I've sort of, I mean, Immortal, Immortal Hulk was in a lot of ways a comic about dance. Mm. And Venom is in a lot of ways a comic about dance. And yeah. it's like, <laughs> at some point I'm going to have to write a comic that's not about dance. Or maybe, <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe like a trilogy. Um, the dad trilogy. But like, uh, yeah, there's, there's a kind of, um, There, there are connections. I, one of the things of Immortal Hulk opened a lot of a lot of doors in my head in terms of like the cosmology, the larger cosmology of the, the Marvel universe, and that's kind of playing out. Uh, that's been playing out a lot in Defenders, um, but it's like I don't, I don't invent that giant cosmology and then just kind of put it in a box like separate for anything so like you'll see you probably will see little hints of it in venom see like little little references maybe that kind of i mean the free comic day last year no this year um back in may uh i think that was that was us flashing forward almost to i feel like to maybe April of this coming year. So like we're flashing for, you know, I, I didn't realize it at the time. I thought we were only flashing forward a little way, but like we're flashing forward, like almost to the next free comic. Book day. But mm. that's got Eddie in a place that is, if you, if you read that free comic book day story and read defenders, my, you might notice some connections. You might notice how things look up. Because um, even it, Codex is uh, from that. Correct me if I'm wrong, right? From the free comic book day? Oh, um, that's probably when he... Yeah, that's because I'm, I'm trying to remember that, that free comic book day. There was, I did three pages of Eddie and, and run three pages of Dylan, um, I think Codex might have been 
might have been involved in that. There was, and then there was that spread of like what was hinting at like what's what's coming. Mm. Um, so yeah, that's that's probably it. Definitely, definitely, Rob had like a lot of ideas for Codex kind of. Um, and I have to remember that because it's it's what issue twelve. Yeah, that just dropped just now. Yeah. So like you're just you're just seeing kind of um so yeah, I have to again I have to be kind of like a little bit uh a little bit cagey on where we're going with that. That's fair. I think I think it's I'm on um I'm on fourteen or fifteen and uh no, I'm on thirteen or fourteen. Fifteen's wrong. I'm kind of taking back over with 16. Um, and then I'm on 17. So it's it's a bit of a run. It's a bit of a run. Um, uh, but we're... I think we're moving towards a big block of run issues. So um, it'll all even out in the end, is the thing. Mm. Uh, we've no, we've we've we're kind of we've got a document somewhere that's like um, all of the kind of uh, I don't know. We've got it up to I think we've got it up to the middle twenties at the minute. We're planning we're planning far ahead. Um, this might end up. There's a chance this might end up as another of these fifty issues. Oh. Oh man! I'm not going to say fifty issues because this is a much more organic thing. And right? It's like we'll need as much space as we need, mm. but we, yeah, I don't know. We were throwing around when we were like when it became pretty clear that like sales were dropping. We were kind of throwing around like, okay, so shall we go to thirty six and see where we're at? Um, so, you know, that's, that's like the level of planning that, that we get to do on this book. Um, which again, as I say, is rare. Right. Yeah. That is incredible. Um, I, I want to take us out of Marvel though, because, mm. uh, yeah. in the intervening time since our last conversation, you've launched and then when they're dead. Yes. And, uh, you're working with Simone de Mayo on that. Mm-hmm. Um, now, this book, I, I this is how I've I've been like thinking about it. This book is Al Ewing Unleashed. Everything that you like about X Men Red, mm-hmm. Immortal Hulk, Venom, all that stuff, it's all here. Um, not obviously not at all with those characters, but just the way that you're approaching uh story here the dna is all over the place and this is such a such a wild comic book because it takes you through I, i'm not even sure what the exact frame of time is um but it takes you through dozens and dozens of years of these characters lives uh, even even without spoiling anything, because I think people should should mm. read this. But e- even without um, 
all the same characters. It doesn't necessarily follow I mean, it, the, the same people in the same exact way. It takes place over around a little under, I think, around 150 years of time. Right. Um, the I don't think the the jump from book two to book three isn't as isn't as long as the jump from, but it's still around 40 years or so. It's um, it's a crazy amount of time. I wanted there are a couple of people who aren't going to still be alive. Um, and it was getting to the point where it was like, and also I was, every time I do one of these jumps between books, I kind of plot out like the political situation. And it kind of got to a bit 40 years out from book two where it was like, no, that's, that's where we need to have the story. If I, if I run, if I run this for another 10 years, it's going to, um, it's going to be like over eight. Um, but like, uh, yeah, there's. I mean, I I would say it's it's definitely me kind of fully unrestrained in my own universe. It's also Simone de Mayo unleashed um, in that the amount of design um, work he's done on this project has been phenomenal, and he's had to he's had to sculpt like three different eras of time. Mm-hmm. Um, he's like followed like the fashions through, you know. Um, the technology, the kind of the way, like um, you know, the designs of the ships. It's but it's like, um, and that's fed back into, um, it's fed back into how I write it. So it is, it is very much a, it's a communal, a team effort. We're kind of, we're kind of co-owners on it. Um. If I had to, if I had to do it all again, I'd probably give him a bigger share. But like, uh, he he does get to. I I don't have a desire to do more after issue fifteen. But I've said to Simone, these worlds are your worlds. Mm. If you want to set any story here, working with anybody and brand it as a way to find them when they're dead thing, go for it. It's yours. Wow. So I don't know if he's going to take me up on that, or if we're just going to wait ten years and then come back for a sequel. But I know, I know he's really enjoyed doing the book, and you know, so uh, maybe there will be more. Maybe not. Um, I like that there can be more. I like that this is a sort of thing where. And I mean, like, I kind of made sure to. Mm. I was about to say something very spoiler, which I won't do now. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Um, oh no! <laughs> I made sure to do a thing that will that will that will help some money out. I mm. think if he ever wants to to tell more stories. Um, but like, yeah, basically, it's all it's all the things I've been thinking of for a while. Um, to begin with, I just had the idea of like the giant dead. Kirby Gods, and it was really with with working with Simone and you know watching these characters come to life and watching like the you know how this world like thinking out how this world's kind of came to be and making the decision to to jump forward uh, fifty years with each book. Um, 
that kind of created like it's like I wanna I, I feel like it's almost practicing like running running a universe um mm. and it's like there were story beats like theory uh Terry um kind of emerged from him he emerged quite late in in the thinking process i think i think while while i was writing book two it's like it's suddenly like and i was starting to think about well where, where do we go from here to the end because you know we need to like we need to wrap we need to to find a way to do these things that i want to do in book three and we need some sort of somebody's eyes to see through. But also I want to link it back to and I'd already put all this stuff in about like AI and how the God Crystal was like an AI being used in an AI tool. So it was all there. But like um it kind of it, it sort of grew from that and evolved from that rather than as in the case at other times, me going, well, I want to adhere, so I'll put a gun on the mantle here. Um, so that's that's been good. I'm sort of working on something that's had a lot of that's had a few bumps in the road. Um, I mean, it took me a while to get over the COVID. Um, mm. Is the short version? Yeah, I mentioned I uh, I mentioned while we were earlier than I that I got confused. I, I I think I said it on Twitter. But it was like um yeah that put a massive bump in my schedule and because it just if you get if you get a bad I mean I didn't get a bad dose because you know there we know what a bad dose looks like. But like mm -hmm. if you get a dose that's not like super duper mild, you know, barely visible. It'll just it knocks a hole in you. It just it puts you out on your feet. I and I was locked in like um, I was locked in the box room. So basically for like ten days, I was like at bare minimum. And like after that, I was just like it. it it's hard to think. And like you know, I'm only just now. Well, the last couple of weeks, I feel like I'm only just kind of like the cogs are whirring at full speed again. So like, um, so that that put a dent in this thing. But I I do have plans to kind of, yeah, I guess I guess unleash myself again, kind of <laughs> do something that's like very much out of my own brain space, working with an artist, you know, I trust a hundred percent in in that way. Um, because you know the results, as we've seen from, we only find them when they're dead. But the results can be like, of that can be like really special. Oh yeah, and I'd like to, you know, I'd like to get something, get something. Uh... Yeah, I'd like to do it again, basically. <laughs> I I am bummed to hear that. Uh, you know, your 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 time at least with this uh, world is kind of at, at the very least coming to a pause, um, because. You know, this this is such a it feels like it's ripe with, you know, possibility. Mm. Um, 
And one of the first of all, this is in, within comics the most impressive use of uh, flashbacks that I have ever seen. And at first, I was like, "Oh my god!" Like I, I like I, I couldn't even <laughs> keep up. But the book does what it has to do to orient you wherever it needs you to be. And within issue two, I was right there connected. And what's so special about it is that once it works, it becomes a tool that allowed me at least to connect with characters I just met because you're also showing me things they did 10 years ago, things they did 20 years ago, all within the span of just a few issues. So by the time I got to issue nine and that huge twist, literally my jaw was on the floor. And it's just sometimes you read something where a creative team just has it and that magic comes off the page and it's mind blowing. So this was this has been an incredible run um, of a, a high mark. Absolutely. Well, thank you. Thank you very much for the kind words. I mean, the, the flashback structure, that that's another thing that just grew organically hmm. out of it because we, you know, in issue one, we to kind of introduce um and then yeah you know i just thought oh, we'll have we'll have like uh we'll have sort of flashbacks to kind of introduce the the cast members in that early book we'll sort of we'll see how they got to be here and that did turn out to be just it was such a useful thing and you know and, and like around issue four i think is where we just went crazy with it. We had like uh, we had a whole bunch of flashbacks and sort of flashbacks. You know, some sort of sorted um, sorted out the people who didn't like flashbacks. And like, <laughs> but it just it just became. I think with book two, we really started using it as like because then we had something to flashback to. We had this sort of gulf of time in which the characters you'd been following had had lives. Um, and it's like, yeah, it's it's kind of. I I guess I mean I wasn't expecting. I don't know if I, I wasn't expecting Jason to be like the thread through the entire hundred and fifty year history. Mm. Um, but like, you know, I knew some. I knew somebody was going to be, but I didn't know. Um, but like, you know, you you kind of. The way the way I've been writing it is like more. I think more than any other book, it's been sort of there's a you know I plot out the whole I plot out the whole the whole thing for each book and then and I have a rough I I, I knew where I wanted to be at the end of book three. I knew kind of roughly. But at the same time, it's like, I've been running in this kind of old school way where I've just been building each issue on the one before. Mm. Um, and I think that's actually made for kind of like, readers who've stuck with it have like really, I think that's rewarded them in that it's sort of, Every issue, you're discovering a little more. You're learning a little more of like the history of 
of the world, you know, the people and the um, so it does it does kind of reward you for sticking with it, um, which is something I like to do because obviously if you don't reward somebody for sticking with it, they don't stick with it. Um, but I do I do pity anybody choosing to pick up issue fourteen as their first. <laughs> well, like even even like issue eleven was like you know you're not yeah. It's not a jumping on point. I mean, mm. it kind of is, but it's like, you know, we we have to, you know, we're, we're not going to sit you down and go through the whole, it was always meant as like 15 issues, one story, you know, issue, that which is kind of why it has to be 15 issues. I feel like if it goes on too much longer, it's like, I, I feel like um, we could have maybe pushed it to 20, but like if it, if it goes on too long, it's kind of, you have to have a jumping on point for new readers and it's sure. not that kind of story. Right. Um, I think it's like, I sort of envisioned it as like three books on the shelf, you know, or an omnibus, like this modular thing. Um, so it was very much, it was very much written with that in mind. That's very fair. Um, I also, I just want to point out, I love that in the year 2014, Marilyn Chen still has a caffeine addiction. I love that we, we haven't beaten that no matter what, no matter what year it is. We just 2414, we just can't beat caffeine it's undefeated. I mean, one of, I guess one of, one of the themes of the thing is that like, People don't really change. Um, like capital P people don't, don't you know, the, the large mass of humanity doesn't really. Um, we're still kind of, it's slightly cynical in a way that, you know, the whole book is about like, what resource can we expend next, you know, for luxuries? It was like there was, um, I've heard people sort of got the impression because of because of the kind of I think because of clubs, um, that like humanity was very dependent on the gods. It's it's no, it's just so it's just so humanity can have nice things. Um, it's like humanity, you know, this isn't a survival thing. It's 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 a luxury thing. So it's like it's you know it's it's nice stuff. Um, mm. So, you know, I guess there's a kind of, but it's, it's, yeah, that's, you know, there's always, there's still coffee, there's still restaurants, there's still governments. It's like, um, capitalism has not been killed off by, <laughs> yeah, 2414. <laughs> uh, you know, sad to say. Yeah. Well, I, I, I love this book. I feel like I could talk about this book for, you know, an hour. But um, because we don't have that, I just want to say uh, thank you for this book. Because for me, it's hitting a lot of the buttons right now of things that are on my mind. Um, and probably 
on a lot of readers' minds. So I, I highly recommend picking it up, especially if it's if it's you know just the fifteen issues. It's really not a not a large investment for a seasoned comic book fan who understands you know the amount of issues it takes to tell a story. Um, fifteen is not a high number, but you don't feel like you're you're not getting the story. Like it's all there and it's all fantastic. So go pick that up. Go support it. Um, you know, if you want good comics, you have to put your money where your mouth is. You just you just have to. Um, and this is a good comic. So uh, I, I recommend it to anybody um, who can hear this right now. Go buy. We only find them when they're dead. Um, we have a, a few listener questions uh, before sure. we let you yeah. go, if that's cool. Yeah, no, that's cool. awesome. Just get, let the listeners get their say a little I will, bit. Um, I will, I will quick fire them. <laughs> awesome. Uh, Tyler, take it away. Uh, yeah, let me, uh, I have a couple locations here, but let's, uh, let's go with one from, uh, uh, let's see. Uh, so, uh, Nihilus, uh, on our discord, he, he pretty much had a question and I'll, and I'll summarize it here. Uh, what has it been like creating that interwoven story in Venom, uh, between you and Romvi? Uh, it's been, it's been good. It's, it's, um, what I like about it is that, like, in terms of kind of, I feel like two heads are better than one in terms of, like, generating, generating the ideas. Like, I, I think we kind of have, um, we have better ideas when we kind of get together and hash them out than, than we would, you know, on our own. Um, Rome's obviously like one of the one of the, the premier talents in, in comics right now. So it's like um, it's great to to get a chance to kind of um, do something that's that's sort of I guess speaking to kind of like shared concern or, or shared ideas, shared concerns like um, you know, like the dad's thing. But um also it's just uh there's less time pressure than there is on on stuff like x-men red because like i've got a lot i've got a lot of venom to write at the moment but there will come a time when i have a little bit of time off um so there is that as well uh it's I feel like I feel like we're kind of building something that's like it's gonna go to some places that I I feel like ten, eleven, and twelve are kind of the turning point in a way, or rather ten was ten was sort of the turning point. We we did structure it in terms of like um, we structured it a little bit for the trade, and that we're always very conscious of like the issue that ends the trade. You know, we don't we don't like we don't write for the trade in terms of how used to get like you know issue eight of something would be very slow moving um but we do we do have a think of like what the cliffhanger of that that issue you know those round numbers issues gonna be mm. um but basically yeah the um yeah we, we we're kind of coming to a sort of turning point in the story now that I think we're really going to start um, 
we're we're both really excited about like where we're taking our kind of individual our individual boys, but also the the map between them. Um, so like we we get to be excited about the things we're doing individually, and we get to be excited about the things we're doing together. So it's like Venom's Venom's actually a really a really fun exciting book to me right now. Can I, which is great. Can I needle you about the process there a little bit? Like, you know, you were saying that the the X Men room is like a you know a slack, and you can just kind of go back and mm. forth. How do you and Rom with the unique format of Venom? How do you guys sort we, of communicate within also, the issue? Do you do you just uh, uh, leave a cliffhanger on the issue for you know Rom to pick up or vice versa? No, we or... we, we know we uh, we know kind of well. Um, there was one time recently where like. Um, Because of the, um, there was one time recently where we we tried it like that and it worked. So maybe we'll do that again. But generally speaking, we don't we don't do that. We kind of plan out because um, right now we're still on our individual threats. Um, but like we kind of. We plan out which issues we're gonna do, um, like that first that first block of five. Um, I did I did like one and half of one and five because we really wanted to establish Dylan, um, and we wanted to kind of like. And also, I needed to write any pages of Hulk, but like we <laughs> also we really wanted to. We wanted to like establish Dylan um, as the new Venom, and kind of have Eddie as a sort of nebulous presence, like haunting the narrative until he, he got back into it. Um, and now I think it's much more we're we're kind of coming it up to a thing where we're about to get into Dot Web, which is a sort of it's when, after a long time doing its own thing, Venom kind of comes back into the Marvel Universe and like, meets up with um, the Marvel Universe again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then from there, we're kind of... Man, this is the thing. If I, if I say too much, it's going to be a huge <laughs> spoiler. We've both got plots that mirror each other coming up. That's the most I'll say. Okay. So there mm-hmm. was a lot of planning and a okay. lot of like... And I mean, a lot of it revolves around the number seven. Um, but that was oh. both of us like getting together in a bar uh, <laughs> at the last thought bubble and basically um, kind of having the realization that like we were both like seven was becoming an important number and could we like do something with that? Um, and, you know, Rob had had a lot of thoughts and you know I had some thoughts and <laughs> yeah basically yeah he's he, he's going in this direction that's going to be absolutely 
epic and you know obviously i have to keep up so i'm like mirroring that in my own kind of and also like uh see i'm really going to choose my words carefully if you like uh, no i can't even i can't even say that even that is a spoiler <laughs> it's gonna be like it's ass will be kicked <laughs> if you felt okay. if you felt that Eddie is getting a little bit, you know, jumped on for one of a better words, the ass will be kicked in the future. That is that is my big random spoiler for coming here. Ow, come on. Spoiler, ass, man. Ass is gonna be kicked. <laughs> Large oh. amounts in vast quantities. Uh, we had another question from uh, Jim Garcia ninety eight. Uh, pretty much asking like because of X-Men Red, you know, being in, you know, the, almost like the cosmic side of the Marvel Universe. Any any plans to use any Venom supporting characters in it? Uh, any any crossover between oh. properties? Uh, not really. We, um, I mean, Venom's kind of it's crossing over the Spider Office, and I mean, Dark Web's kind of a Venom X-Men crossover. Um, oh yeah, well, what am I saying? Venom absolutely is going to meet the X-Men, just not those X-Men. Um, <laughs> yep. <All> right. <laughs> but, like, yeah, basically... I mean, I'm, I'm sort of aware of, like, the... When readers say Cosmic Marvel, they mean two things interchangeably. They mean, like, the space side with the Skrulls and the Kree and mm. all of that. And they also mean you know, Eternity, Oblivion, yeah. uh, all of these gigantic cosmic beings. And I tend to reserve cosmic Marvel for, like, that end of things. And, like, I just think of, like, Space Marvel. Because if you're fighting the Super Skrull, that's a very different thing from, like, you know, Doctor Strange meditating on Eternity and having a conversation with it. It's like, those are two very, very different stories. They shouldn't be under the same word. So, like, I don't think X-Men Red is going to cross over with, with Cosmic Marvel. Um, I, I feel like Venom is kind of, with all the time travel, I think it's right at the edge of, of Space Marvel and, and veering a little bit into what I call Cosmic Marvel. Um, like, X-Men Red will be dealing with space shenanigans. Um which we're having a lot of fun with. I mean, one of the things uh, that we see uh, frequently, even in your Guardian stuff, was Nova. And we see Nova kind of becoming a, a more prominent member, I know. Yeah, uh, he's he's sort of being adopted by, by the X-Men Red Book. Just because I, I kind of like... I had this idea that I thought it would be cool to kind of have a character on the book who, like, absolutely was not a mutant, but still fit right in. Onoraco, uh, because you know, I, I feel like Onoraco, you know, if you if you sort of land and go like, oh yeah, I'm I'm heavily traumatized from from all the wars I fought in space, and you know, I saved the universe. They're they're going to be like, oh yeah, well, come in, you know, <laughs> just don't don't say you own anything, and we'll be fine. Um. And it's it's like this. I, I I did kind of want to sort of bring him in on that basis, and also kind of like 
almost as a challenge to myself, try and get the X readership to love it. Because <laughs> it's like, you know, the first time he crossed over with, with the current X era was like he punched Magneto in the face. <laughs> and it's like, that was like the worst possible introduction <laughs> you could have. Um, and now I really, I really want like, um, you know, to kind of, to show off his good side, he's yeah. So he's kind of like he's around. He's going to be around. He's um, he's going to make himself useful, um, and hopefully, uh, I I do think he's a sort of yeah. You know, I think I could as far as the Iraqi are concerned, he's like sure. he's welcome anytime. So you know, hopefully, the readership will agree. <laughs> but I, I I like Nova a lot. I have a I have a very 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 soft spot for Nova. He's um, I feel like you know uh, he's somebody he's somebody I see myself in a lot uh, in some ways, and it's like as as just kind of I don't know. It's it's he's a really fun guy to write, and I'm not done writing him yet. It's the short version. Yeah. So that's that's our hint for your uh, your next big fifty issue arc. Is, I can't do. is, is it Nova? New Warriors? I can't do. I can't do fifty <laughs> issues of Nova. I could. I could. Oh man! If somebody said, if somebody said, you know, you've got to write fifty issues of New Warriors, I'd be like, okay, I'd, I'd find a way. But like, I don't know if I have. <laughs> nice, a nice no speedball story. Yeah. Oh man. See, now I'm thinking about Nova performing his own new warriors and what that would look like. Oh, well. Hey, you're welcome, first of all. <laughs> <laughs> I never said I'd do it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if, you know, if, if CB Sebelskis does it for us, then, you know. Uh, there you he's, a big fan. he's a big fan of our show. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. There we go. He's put a, put a, bee, he's in always, his, put a bee in his bonnet. He's always listening. Um, yeah, Tyler, you got a, you got a couple more. Yeah, I'm trying to pick out the some interesting ones. I, I had a, I had a weird one from the actually the X Men subreddit. Uh, this one had the most up, up votes on the uh, on the subreddit. Uh, so uh, pinball lizard, which freaking great username by Tremendous. the way. Yeah. Um, pretty much. Uh, I had, I had quite a question with uh, Siaza and X Men Red. Um, how it, uh, she sort of looks like uh, Neofem, which is one of the more polarizing uh, additions to the X Mythos. Uh, was that yeah. coincidental, or is that just something you were trying to address? I um, I have yet to decide how connected she is to Nightcrawler. Um, I thought it would be. I knew the night seats needed a teleporter to get them places. Um, I thought it would be funny if it was somebody who appeared in a cloud of sweet smelling smoke. <laughs> um. I also thought it'd be funny if they had a tail. Um, and as a result, I've opened this enormous can of worms, which I'm now... Uh, you know, the, the devil on my shoulder is like, yeah, bring back the Draco, do it. And like, you know, the litter of the Draco on my shoulder is like... Yeah, um, uh, yeah what's his name? You know, the red guy. Um, but like, I don't know. You know, I've yet, I've yet to decide. Um, could go either way. Um, Interesting. Could be a could be a coincidence. Could be um, 
an exciting uh, new saga, new chapter in that saga, which I'm sure readers have been dying to dying to have a new chapter in that particular saga. Um, yeah, you know, I, I short answer: don't don't tell me of it. <laughs> uh, one more, Tyler. Yeah, so I, I guess I want to add it, uh, uh, end it on the uh, nihilist, is a little more uh, nebulous question. Uh, but what is the most uh, valuable piece of writing advice you, you've been given or heard? There's a thing Russell T. Davies said in The Writer's Tale, um, which adapts uh, – it's, it's about TV, um, but it adapts itself very well to comics. Um even better to comics because you know, but he, I, I, I don't have the exact quote, but he's basically said that like nobody, a lot of people like write, have a lot of people like want to be screenwriters and they've written two pages, and nobody is going to love you for two pages, nobody is going to care about two pages, nobody is going to, nobody is going to like give you anything for two pages you've got to finish it um you know you've got whatever you're writing you've got to finish it and it's like and obviously a screenplay for a tv show is like it's half an hour long it's a certain number of pages a comic you can just write two pages and have a finished story but it's got to be a finished story there's i remember one time when i was like i was starting out but it like I was still I mean this was like three three years in I was you know in the, on the 2008 booth but like I remember somebody kind of coming up to me asking for writing advice which you know at the time I was like oh wow well what do you what do you got and it's like oh I'm and it was like I'm five pages in to the first issue of 12 and I'm like wow 12 that's a big number and it's like yeah that's the first book that's going to be 12 books mm. and I'm, I'm blocked and I, I don't know I, I'm having trouble like getting to the end and I'm like okay well what you've got there is you don't have a comic you've got a reason to look at yourself in the mirror and tell yourself that you tried mm. because you've you've made yourself maybe on purpose um an unclimbable mountain that wow. is your first mountain. I'm not saying don't ever do, you know, 144 issues of comics, but that's not a starting project. A starting project is 2008 will purchase what well, they used to. I think six months out of the year, they closed the, the submission scheme, but like, I think you can still do this, but they, you know, they will buy from you. Um, five pages, twist ending, uh, science fiction or horror or time travel. So yeah, write a five page with a twist ending, then write another, then write another. Or, you know, if you want to train yourself to tell stories, actually it's four pages now, so even better. Um, write a two page story, write. A one-page story. Rory McConville, who writes Judge Redner, Um, the first I ever heard of him was when he came up to me at a convention, and he handed me this thing, which was little 
six, like the, the longest one was eight pages. And it was this little booklet of magic realist stories. They weren't, they weren't twist ends. They were just things that he wrote to, I guess, get something off his chest. They, they all had a, a kind of, they're all stories of normal people, but with one kind of little magical component. And um, that was just presented as normal. Like one of the stories was about uh, somebody who was allergic to Monday and had a special room built on the house to protect them from Monday. And I had to go into the Monday room every so often. And like, and it wasn't like, look how wacky this concept is. It was like, Oh, how horrible. You never leave this hotel, you know, because that's where the Monday room is. He's got to go into the Monday room every Monday. And then, you know, spoilers, he's still spending a lot of time in the Monday room when it's not a Monday. <laughs> and it's like, okay, but it's, it's just, and it, but it's told like, it's like, Oh yeah, this is, you know, Here's what happened in my hometown, and yeah, that was an odd story. But like, and but he got like a different artist on every one, and these, you know, these artists were all starting out. These were all small press artists. But what he had at the end of that was that he had a book he could hand people that was like, "Oh, this is me," and it's not like part one of a hundred hundred billion page epic, but it's a little thing that's like, "Oh, this is me," and it's a fun, it's a fun book in its own right. I still have it. I still read it every so often. Um, and this is what you can do. You can write a three-pager, write a five-pager, write an eight-pager. Don't something that a local artist that you know will be able to draw or that you can, you know, pay somebody to draw if you made a money. And like... But it's better to make contacts, you know, with up-and-comers like yourself. But like, um, yeah, you know, like, do that enough, and you've got enough to make a comic that you can, like, or we're on the web. Just go on the web. Just you know, you don't even need to print it. But it's like that's that's kind of that's the best idea that advice I ever had was was or ever read was like finish it. Whatever you're doing, just finish it. And like, and then you've done it, and then you've done something, and you've got something you can look at. You've got something you can show people. You've got something you can improve on. So whatever you whatever you put your mind to, make sure it's something you can finish. Otherwise, you've just got half a thing. Yeah, that's not good enough. Uh so I I, I missed just one from a from a, a patron that I I, I would oh, like yeah, to sure. get your take on. Um, uh, uh, Dan Trudeau asks, does he get to collaborate that directly with artists on his Marvel work, or is it mostly between him and the editor? I know that's how it traditionally has been, and he made a reference to that earlier in the interview. Some some I do, some I don't. Um, there are artists who I, I will hand the script to the editor, the editor will hand it to the artist, I'll get some lovely art in the inbox later on. Um, there are some, and I do prefer this, who like send me pages as they do them. Um, and that's not so. A, it tells me where they are in the book. Um, B, if there's anything that's crazy egregious that, like, oh, oh uh, don't do that, I can, you know, do something about it um, if I spot it, uh, which I don't always do. 
Um, and then there are people like Javier, where I'm kind of, you know, we're, we're like very, very, there's a lot more communication. So it varies. Um, I, I don't have a problem doing it, the, uh, send the script to the editor and then, you know, the art comes back without, I, I, cause I know some artists don't really want to be bugged by a writer. <laughs> um, so I'm, I am fine with that. Uh, I guess, um, I think it's, it is, it does work out when you can when you can have a chat with the artist on the email without the editor listening in when when you're at that sort of level of like um you know communication i think i think that's always best but like i can work i can work at any level i could just i there's been scripts i've just fired off into the ether and then you know not even knowing who's going to draw them um but like that's few and far between. Usually, usually I know I know who it is. It's generally generally in cases like that, it's going to be um a very short piece for like for something, and then I'll kind of I'll find out who, who's doing it. Oh, like a like a Marvel one thousand or like an yeah, something like of, that. Yeah, yeah Marvel Marvel one thousand was full of those, but it's it's yeah anthology stuff. I mean, the Crypt of Shadows thing. Um, mm -hmm. Oh, I'm gonna. This is bad because I'm forgetting I'm forgetting the name I've on there. Um, so yeah, I'm sorry, I'm a terrible person. But uh, when I when I write that, I just I knew somebody was going to draw it. But I sure. Oh no no no! I'm lying. I was told. Um, but it, that was very much a kind of like, oh, it's going to be five splash pages. So whoever you are, go nuts. Um, <laughs> but like, it was, it was very much not meant as a, it was a framing sequence, not like a sequential thing. Yeah. Um, but like, yeah, basically, yeah, I don't. There are all kinds of different ways of working, and artists prefer to work in all kinds of different ways. So I tend to just whatever is whatever level of communication is most comfortable for the artist is what I do. You know, my own preferences aside. That's very fair. Um, well, we got through as many listener questions as we could. Uh, we got through as many of our questions as we could. Al, thank you so much for coming on board and being you know gracious with your time and also oh, no problem. Um, no problem. very um very candid I, I i so appreciate that uh despite having to dance around the spoilers yeah um, yeah you know which is you know, that's the that's the business side and, and and anyways why would we want to be spoiled you know um if you already know what's coming you know yeah is the yeah. trick still as well it's a matter of um it's it's the the announcements. Uh, Marvel Marvel like to make announcements, you know, to the schedule. <laughs> and I don't want to accidentally say, "Oh, this is happening." Um, especially on a book like Venom, where we are, we're very far ahead at this point. We're much further ahead than I usually get. Cool. So uh, yeah, I know I know things coming up that would astonish you.
in a way, you are you are like Eddie. You're you're talking to yeah, us in the present about the past, but you know the future. It's all over yeah, the place. Yeah, yeah, it's very. There's there's lots of yeah time time travel shenanigans to come. Exciting exciting stuff. Awesome. Uh, thank you again for joining us. We appreciate it. Uh, thank you, sir. If if there's anything you'd like to say to the viewers, uh, just as a parting um, message, where they can find you, anything. I mean, it's I'm technically still on Twitter, um, <laughs> but you know, I don't like to be so. Fair. Uh, don't expect much out of me on that front. <laughs> um, yeah, it's uh, just just a thank you to everybody who kind of picks up the books, who supports the books. I know there are people in who may be in financial situations where, you know, we who may through certain means that mm. we don't like to talk about may may experience the books. But like um you know, every every reader is extremely valuable to us. So and you know, and especially if you're one of those absolute troopers who goes to their retailer and pre-orders stuff and says, hey, I heard about this book. I'm really interested in it when it comes out. Can you put a copy aside for me? That is that is like diamond dust. Um, that is what keeps the books alive, is, mm. you know, if if you're somebody with a, a good relationship with your local comic retailer and, you know, you, you have a standing order... Um, Oh, you know, not to say that is that is the only way to read comics. You know, there's also the digital side. Um, but yeah, if, um, it's it's really helpful if if you do pre-order comics. Uh, we we have not yet evolved to the state where um, that is not insanely helpful. Uh, so if you do do that, then then thank you so much. And you know, but no judgment if you don't. You know, it's we're all we're all just navigating our way in this world. Absolutely, go out and pick up. We only find them when they're dead. Go pick up Venom, X Men Red. These are books that are on the stands right now. Thank you, Al. We will be back, uh, viewers, in a few minutes, five minutes or less, and yeah. we're gonna do all the new that you expect us to talk about this week lots of dc stuff going on so we'll be we'll be back with that in a few moments we'll see you guys in a minute yeah and it's a heads up youtube there will be a separate link that i'll throw in the uh the, the comments of this one for the uh new stuff awesome